All right, welcome in on a Friday to Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. So I want to get to a couple things today on the podcast. I want to talk about Michigan and Penn State tomorrow and kind of the um, implications of that game as it stands going into Saturday night. Then I want to touch on some stuff with Michigan State and their football program right now with Mark D'Antonio. I got a question for some Michigan State fans that I really want an honest answer to. And then finally, in the last segment, I'll get to my Big Ten picks for this week against the polls that I put out on Twitter just a few days ago. But starting off with this first topic of Michigan at Penn State tomorrow night, and the question I want to ask for this topic is, is this really, because this has been kind of a huge discussion all week, especially in the national media, is is this really a must-win game for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh? And I think when you look at it, Michigan currently sitting at 5-1 and one with games after tomorrow still against Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State left on their schedule. So I think this is a big game as it stands right now, but I do think that they have other big games still left on their schedule. I think even though Michigan State's record right now isn't so good, like not as good as what we thought it would be at this point, it's still a big game because they're still one of your rivals and, you know, everybody bashes Harbaugh's record against his rivals and things like that. So that is still, uh, even with Michigan State's 4-3 and three record, that is still considered a big game at this point in time. And then, like I said, you have Notre Dame and Ohio State, so... I think that this is a big game, and I think it will mean something in the grand scheme of the rest of this season and kind of where Michigan goes from here and where they finish in the Big Ten, where they finish as far as an overall record, wins and losses kind of thing. But this is really just kind of step one in that process with those three other big games still left on their schedule. But I think tomorrow kind of is where it all starts after you lost the first real test of the season against Wisconsin a few weeks ago. And as I mentioned, everybody likes to bring up Harbaugh's record in big games like this against top 20, top 15 teams, especially when it's on the road. And I think that if they were to come out tomorrow night and win this game on the road at Penn State at night in a whiteout like this in this kind of environment, it would kind of get the, especially the national media, off his back sort of, at least for about a day, I would say, because then come Monday morning, you know they jump right back on considering they have to play Notre Dame the following week. So then it goes right back to, oh, this is a big game for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. This is a must win for him in this program, you know, for them to be able to still maintain relevance and things like that. So I think that a game like this would give him kind of that monkey off his back for about a day, maybe two at the most. And then, you know, the media would be right back on it come Monday morning. And really, in the only other two top 20 games that you've played against Wisconsin and against Iowa, you didn't really play particularly well in either of those games. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. But you still managed to not go 0-2 while playing as bad as you did. You know, yeah, you came out and looked about as bad as you could play against Wisconsin, but then you came out against Iowa your offense didn't look very good outside of the first quarter 
They kind of shut it down after that. But your defense stepped up and played a hell of a game to allow you to win that game 10-3 to where they came up with eight sacks and four turnovers, three of which were interceptions on Nate Stanley who came into that game not having thrown a pick all season. So you still played about as bad as you could in both those games, and you still managed to split the two games. You went one and one. You know, it could have gone a lot worse than that. So I do think that in the overall grand scheme of things, moving forward the rest of the season, like I've said before on the podcast, my expectation for this team is that they somehow, some way, find a way to get to 10 wins on the season. By the time it's all said and done, I'd like to see them, you know, at least be 9-3 and three at the end of the regular season. That way you can go to a bowl game. If you win that, you get to 10 wins. And as long as you do that, I can personally be happy about that. I can't speak for the rest of the fan base, but I personally would be pretty happy with that because that's kind of what he's become known for at Michigan is, you know, having those 10-3 and three kind of seasons. So I do think that this is a big step in getting there because, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, you have these four games remaining, these four big games remaining. For me, in order for you to get to nine wins to have a chance at ten, got to find a way to win two out of the four. And I said before, this is one of the two games that I think is the more winnable, the other being Michigan State. I'm still iffy on Notre Dame. I think that... I've, I've come around a little bit on them as far as whether or not Michigan can win that game after what happened with USC last week where they were up 20-6 to and all of a sudden you turn around and it's 30-27 to as the final. They definitely allowed USC to come back and make that a game. So, you know, Penn State and Notre Dame haven't looked especially tough. You know, they're definitely no Ohio State, but they also haven't looked as bad as Michigan's looked um, throughout the first half of this season. But I would definitely say that Penn State's winnable. I definitely think Michigan State's winnable. And to a lesser degree, I think Notre Dame's winnable. But like I said, I think that Penn State is just step one in that process to getting yourself in a position to win 10 games this year. And let's face it, Penn State's a high-quality win on the road with the offense sort of kind of figuring things out for Michigan, kind of turning that corner, as I've talked about before, and really kind of, I think, coming into their identity offensively. And so I think a win like this tomorrow night, especially if the offense plays even remotely well in that game, you know, even if they did like half as well as they did statistically against Illinois, you know, they ran for almost 300 yards in that game I saw. If they can even do like half as good as that tomorrow night, I think that this, if they were to go on and win, this would definitely be, I think, the kind of game that this offense needed to kind of get that confidence moving forward against some of these other big teams that I've mentioned that they have the rest of the way. So I do think that this game is definitely a big game, maybe not to the degree that the national media has been pushing all week leading up to the game, but this is definitely, I think, an important game. And really, let's face it, every game is important, but this is definitely a big game overall moving forward for Michigan the rest of the season. So the next thing I want to get to 
in this next topic is my new segment, Is This For Real? I'm going to talk about Michigan State football as it is currently under Mark D'Antonio. And I have a question as it re- as it relates to that for Michigan State fans. I put this out on Twitter, and I guess looking back on it, I wasn't as shocked as I thought I would be about what they, how they answered. So I'll get to that one next on Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. into taking the field with stevie max this next thing i want to get to is my new segment is this for real where this time i'm going to talk about the michigan state football program under mark d'antonio and kind of ask the question that i asked on twitter a few days ago regarding that i'll get to that in a minute but i really want to go over this real quick with you msu four and three in 2019 with five and one michigan and six and oh penn state uh still on the schedule uh, they're staring down the barrel, in my opinion, of another 7-5 and five season for the second year. Um, according to a poll I took a week ago, a lot of people, the majority of people on that voted that they wouldn't reach eight wins in the regular season this year. And like I said, I agree with that. And it would be the third time in the last four years, this year included, that they would go less than eight wins in the regular season. You know, 2016, they went 3-9. and nine. A year ago, they went seven and six. This year, like I said, they're most likely staring down another seven and five regular season record. And if you look at Mark D'Antonio as it stands right here, right now, he's fifteen and sixteen in his last thirty-one Big Ten games since twenty sixteen. Now, with all that being said, like I said, I did a Twitter poll. Um, for this podcast the other day on whether or not people thought Mark D'Antonio would or should be fired after this season. And surprisingly, the majority of the polls said that he should not be. And in that case, I wonder if it's a case of the unknown for Michigan State fans. And this is what I want kind of answered by Michigan State fans is, is it a case of the unknown where as, as fans, are you afraid of what the program might become? after Mark D'Antonio, you know, because how do you justify bringing him back next year when I heard he gets a bonus in January when you look at his recent history on the field as far as wins and losses goes, how do you justify bringing him back when he's had three out of the last four, like assuming he goes seven and five this year, you know, it's assuming all things hold true, assuming he does that, He'll have gone three and nine, then seven and six, then seven and six, with I believe it was eleven and three or eleven and two, something like that, thrown in there in twenty seventeen. So they had a really good year that year. But around that is surrounded by three and nine, seven and six, and potentially another seven and five, you know, eight and five, seven and six, something like that season. Bottom line is it ain't good. So my question is. How do you justify bringing him back? Because like I said, the majority of the polls said that he should not be fired or would not be fired. So is it a case that you think he should be, but you know he won't? Like, do you think it's it's a university thing? It's an athletic department thing where you think he should be let go, but he won't be? Or is it the fact that you don't want him to be because you still see him 
as a top coach in the Big Ten and still is able to do this job at a high level, even though on the field, as far as wins and losses go, that hasn't been the case outside of 2017 for the last several years. I mean, think about it. Think about where he had this program not too long ago. He had them in a Rose Bowl. He had them winning a Big Ten championship. He had them in the college football playoff. That was all within the last, you know, four, five, six years. But since then, since then, it's been pretty much all downhill outside of 2017. You know, he he's had the same players this year that he has last year for the most part, although several of them entering the transfer portal within the last month or so. But he's not that far removed from the kind of success that he was having where he went to the playoff, where he won a Big Ten championship, where he went to the Rose Bowl and things like that. And now look at where you are. Talking about a less than 500 record in your last 31 Big Ten games since 2016. So I want to know, is it a case of the unknown where you don't want to get rid of him because you don't know who you would get to replace him and how they would do? Like, do you really think as a like, like this is an honest question. Do you think as a as a Michigan State fan that this is really the best you can do for your program right now, that Mark D'Antonio can do a better job than anyone else out there? Because if that's true, then, you know, all the power to you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to think otherwise, but it's just an honest-to-God question. So, if it is true, I hope you're right for the sake of your program, because as I see it right now, it's not trending in a very positive direction. So either you believe that he can turn it around and he is still the right guy for this job, he is still capable of performing at a high level and, you know, able to keep this program at where it was not that long ago. Or you think, yeah, you know, let's let's try something new. He's been here for 10 years. He's done his thing. He's gotten us back to being relevant in a lot of ways. He's gotten us to some of the biggest stages in college football. But maybe it's just kind of time to move on and, you know, see what else is out there. Because if it were me, if he does go seven and five, seven and six, eight and five, whatever, basically if he goes eight wins or less this year, because let's be honest, they haven't looked all that impressive doing it. You got lit up by Indiana, even though you won, but you you gave up twenty straight completions to Michael Penix Jr. You got lit up by the Buckeyes for three quarters. You know you got lit up by Jack Cone, who, you know midway through the fourth quarter was 18 of 20 for almost 200 yards passing. You know, your offense had more touchdowns to the defense than they did to themselves. So I just want to know, is is it time to move on from Mark D'Antonio? Is it time to thank him for his services and thank him for bringing your program to where it was not that long ago and say, yeah, you know what? It was fun while it lasted. We had a good run, but it's just not working out as it stands right now, and we need to explore other options. I think that's a legitimate question, and I think that's something that if that is, in fact, how this season turns out for you, it wouldn't be that crazy to suggest that the athletic department do. 
So then the last thing I want to get to after the break is my Big Ten football picks versus polls, where I tweet out during the week the Big Ten football slate of games for that upcoming Saturday. And you, as the listeners, get to go and vote on who you think is going to win those games, and then I make my own picks, and then we kind of battle it out to see who wins each game, and then at the end of every week, we see who came away with the win that week overall. Last week, the final was five games to four. I lost that week thanks to Maryland losing to Purdue. I'm still a little salty about that, so I'll get to the picks for this week coming up next on Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Yeah! <laughs> All right, welcome back in for the final segment here on a Friday of Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. It's the Big Ten Football Picks versus Polls segment where I went on Twitter, tweeted out this week's Big Ten schedule of games and had you guys vote on who you thought was going to win each matchup, and then I pick my winners, and then we play against each other. So let's get right into it, as I'm currently losing five games to four after last week, thanks in large part to Maryland getting obliterated by Purdue. But I'm looking to make a comeback this week and have a strong week. Um, so starting out with this first game on Friday night, Ohio State 6-0 at Northwestern 1-4. The polls picked Ohio State. I as well will go with Ohio State. I don't really think that's much of a question, but I think this could be one of those games that Ohio State seems to have every year where they go on the road to a team like Northwestern and somehow manage to lose. Last year it was Purdue on the road. The year before that it was Iowa. So could this be one of those games where Ohio State goes on the road having no business losing this kind of game, and yet they somehow find a way to do it? It could be. I don't think it will be, but it definitely could be. The next game is Purdue 2-4 and four at number 23, Iowa 4-2. and two. The polls were split with two votes each on Purdue and Iowa. So I'll be generous and give you guys Iowa. I as well will pick Iowa. I think they'll bounce back from back-to-back tough losses to Michigan and Penn State. But Purdue could pull it off after what they did to Maryland last week. They might have a little confidence after that game and decide that they want to go on the road at Iowa, kick them while they're down, and keep that losing streak for Iowa going and stretch it to three games. So I could see Purdue winning that game, but I'm going to go with the safer pick, and I'm going to go with uh, Iowa in this one. I think Iowa's going to be, you know, mad that they've lost two in a row after starting hot at 4-0. They're at home once again. I think they're going to want to turn this thing around. They're going to want to stop the bleeding. They're going to take on a lesser opponent like Purdue, and I think they're going to just take it to them. Then we got number six, Wisconsin, 6-0 at Illinois. The polls, strangely enough, picked Illinois, but there was only, it looked like one vote on this one, so I'm just going to chalk that up to poor judgment. Maybe it was an Illinois fan, wishful thinking, So, but the polls stuck with Illinois. I'm going to take Wisconsin. 
I think Illinois played Michigan tough, but, you know, it's Wisconsin. They're just on a whole nother level right now. They're up there with Ohio State where it's kind of those two and then almost everybody else right now. So I'm going to take Wisconsin. Then you got Indiana 4-2 and two at 3-3 three and three Maryland. The polls picked Maryland. I'm going to take Indiana. You know, I, I want revenge on Maryland last week for costing me. So, you know, I, 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 need, I need revenge. I need payback. I need to be justified. Um, and I really like Michael Penix, the quarterback for Indiana. I think he's really good. I think he really showed out against Michigan State. Like I said in the last segment, he completed 20 straight passes against that defense. So I think Indiana looks strong this year, especially on offense. I'm going to go Indiana. Then you got number 20, Minnesota, 6-0 at Rutgers, 1-5. The polls, again, it was it was interesting because there was only one vote. And the vote was for Rutgers. Again, I'm going to chalk that up to it was probably a Rutgers fan or just somebody with poor judgment. But the polls picked Rutgers. I'm going to take Minnesota, you know, row the boat all the way to 7-0. and um, I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit talking about next week's picks. And I'm going to say Minnesota goes all the way to 8-0 and before they have to go play. I believe it's Penn State. But for right now... Give me Penn or give excuse me. Give me Minnesota going to seven and zero tomorrow, and then the last game, number sixteen, Michigan five and one at number seven, Penn State six and zero. The polls not all that surprising. Took Penn State at I believe it was about seventy five percent of the vote. My pick though, I'm going to be a little more optimistic about tomorrow's game. I'm going to go with Michigan, but. Again, like I said in the first segment, wouldn't be all that surprised if they lost, but I'm trying to stay positive about this game, so I'm going to do myself a favor, and I'm going to take Michigan in that one. So those are your picks for for this week as I try to make a comeback after Maryland stiffed me last week in the picks. So hopefully I make a big improvement this week and get on the plus side in the win column. Um, And that'll do it for the third episode here of Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Thanks for listening.